it really instilled in me that I've got to, I've got to have other people around me. I've got to train other people and be very, very intentional about that. And, and part of doing that is getting people to want to do it with you. And so it starts with relationships, starts with all that kind of stuff. And then before you know it, you got people asking if they can help and then you teach them. And then before you know it, you don't, you don't have to do it all. Welcome to the Worship Leader Essentials Podcast brought to you by Worship Catalyst. We are here to help leaders learn how to do more with less. For more information or engage with us, please visit worshipcatalyst.com. We're so glad you're here today. Let's learn together. Welcome to this episode of the Worship Leader Essentials Podcast. I am your host, Austin Ryan. Uh, thanks for taking some time out of your day and your week here to uh, just learn along with us on uh, worship and leadership and how to do more with less. And I'm excited to have with us a good friend of mine, Joe Kibbe. Joe's a worship leader in Columbus, Ohio, and we have a whole lot to learn from him. And I want to get to him as quickly as possible. But before we do, I uh, just want to look at our worship verse for the week, and that is coming out of Genesis chapter 8. Uh, you guys uh, all know the story, Noah uh, and the ark and his family, and he builds this ark, and they get on the ark, and they get all the animals, and they're on there for a really long time. And when they get off, the first thing he does, Joe, what's the first thing Noah does? He builds an altar. First altar ever built. Awesome. And so then uh, Genesis 8 Genesis chapter 8, verse 20 says, Then Noah built an altar to the Lord, and there he sacrificed as burnt offerings the animals and birds that had been approved for that purpose. Now, I think there's a lot of amazing things about this story, uh, but just really quickly, the biggest thing that kind of sticks out to me about this is that Noah was did not have an unlimited amount of resources in his worship, right? I mean, he was not... You know, he didn't have billions of animals at his disposal. You know, I know later in the Old Testament, they would sometimes sacrifice thousands of animals all in one shot. But he had to be really thinking about what he was giving up. And I think that applies to us as leaders and worship leaders. And uh, as we think of, and even as just like followers of Jesus, as we consider uh, our worship to God, it's not a donation. It is a sacrifice, right? It is like... You know, whether it be money or whether it be time or whether it be relationships or whatever it is that we're worshiping God with, like we're all limited in what we have, but we don't give out of our abundance. We give out of our poverty and out of the the little bit that we have. And I just love that worship verse today that kind of reminds us of that. And I also think it leads into our conversation with Joe Kibbe here. So uh, Joe, Columbus, Ohio, great guy. Um, why don't you... Uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about who you are, Joe, and then we'll get into some of, the, some of these things that we want to discuss with you today. Okay. Yeah, so my name is Joe Kibbe, and as you said, I'm a, I'm a worship pastor here in Columbus. We, I'm a worship pastor of a small church plant that started about two and a half years ago, and um, yeah, we went from, fortunately, God gave us a building, so we went from tear down and set up every Sunday to renovating a building while we're still trying to hold services, and and then a pandemic hit and, you know, like murder hornets, all these crazy stuff, right? And so it's been, it's been fun, but God has blessed in some awesome, awesome ways. Um, even with the renovation costs and stuff, just, uh, you know, we went into it knowing it was going to cost us money. And yet we probably had to pay for maybe 5% of all of it. Um, our, our members, our other churches, sponsors, all that have stepped up. And we've just been able to sit back and watch God do some pretty awesome stuff. And so, um, yeah, so things That's are going 
Yeah, man, that's really amazing. And I think the thing about Joe, I really want you guys to to know about Joe. There's this guy has got so much going on in his life. I mean, Joe is like he said, two and a half years into being a church plant worship leader. Uh, he is he and his dad. They own a company that they actually work every day. It's a welding company, uh, and they make uh, they make uh, fire trucks or the yeah. the yeah. foundation or whatever. What do you call fire that? Subframe. Subframe. There we go. See, I know so much about fire trucks. So they make uh, the subframes for fire trucks. He's got a family. They're, they've been working on adopting this awesome son for what's years, right? And uh, yeah. they finally are in like the last, you know, about to finish the cross the finish line on that. It's awesome. Joe also is a member of our Worship Catalyst team in Columbus, which means he serves other churches and leads other people to serve other church plants as they're getting started and help them to thrive. So like this guy has got a lot going on. I've never had a conversation with Joe where he didn't say, um, I got to have this one in the car because I'm going from one thing to the next thing. I mean, Joe's always on the move, always got stuff going on. Uh, and in addition to all that, he's a Dallas Cowboy fan, which makes us, you know, kindred spirits, right? So, um, Joe, in all of that that you have going on, man, wh- how do you keep all the plates spinning? Like, what are some of the things that you do to make sure that you're not terrible at everything you do? Well, I think the most important thing that God showed me a long time ago is, you know, when he's called you to do something, it's, it's got to get done and you can't do it all by yourself. And so it really instilled in me that I've got I've to have other people around me. I've got to train other people yeah. and be very, very intentional about that. And and part of doing that is getting people to want to do it with you. And so it starts with relationships, starts with all that kind of stuff. And then before you know it, you got people asking if they can help. And then you teach them. And then before you know it, you don't, you don't have to do it all. You know? And that's still, that's still a struggle for me. Um, I like to be busy. Um, but again, I also, you know, there, there's th- things have to get done. And so my dad always raised me that way that, you know, you, you don't get to just cop out. You got to get the job done. And so you got to figure out how to do that. And so, um, but that's the biggest thing I've taken away is, you do so much more if you have other people helping you do it. And so I think that's an amazing help. leadership lesson right there that I, I think is a struggle for worship leaders uh, to really engage the gifting and the natural <clears throat> talents of all the other people around them and and let them serve in great areas. And man, I just love that you've been able to do that. And so what's one thing that you do every single week that is like, or may, most weeks that really helps you the most to to keep on track with these things? Um, I think I'm, I'm a, I'm a very relational type guy. So to me, it's just, it's just staying in contact with other people and, and really asking for, asking for criticism, honestly, like I, that was a mentor of mine told me about that. He said, if you really care about serving other people, then you actually care when you're not. And so, um, that's a big thing. We've kind of put processes in where we were constantly wanting to, I talk to people, how did this go? How did this work? What do I need to do? What am I failing in? And, um, so I think you just got to be honest with yourself that you're not perfect all the time. And so, and then having those conversations, that's, it's an encouragement most of the time because God is doing stuff. And so, yeah, I find things that I need to do, but then I'm also reminded that God worked through that as well. So that's what I try to do. Yeah, that's strong, man. That's really, really good. So one thing I think, Joe, that when you told me about this, uh, I don't know, a year or so ago, it just kind of like blew me away because your church plant had raised enough support for you to be full-time from day one, which is like unheard of to have two full-time staff members day one of a church. It's so great. But then 
a year or so in, year and a half or so in, you decided you're going to pull back from being full-time at the church and instead reinvest a lot of your time and energy into this company that your family owns. So you went from being full-time in church ministry to part-time, and now you're a businessman, and now you know, you've got all these things going on. So what made you just make that decision to pull back from full-time? Well, th- there was a lot of things. Um, you know, one was, I would say that the biggest thing for, uh, for the church anyhow is, you know, we had raised funds. We had, we had done that. Um, but we, we were starting to see like long-term, if, if sponsors started to drop off, then there wouldn't be funds, you know, to, to pay for my salary. And so we, me and Pastor Aaron always been very proactive in that kind of stuff. And so instead of waiting for it to, you know, hit the fan and then be like, what do we do now? It's like, you know, I, I've got, there's opportunity over here. And so I didn't, I didn't go back into that to make more money. I, was, I made exactly the same. I just wanted to save the church money. And, but it also, and also we haven't talked since this, but it's been a very neat thing because we've actually, uh, a job got placed. So we started praying about it and then the job just kind of got landed in our lap. I got an email saying, Joe, I want you to do this. Cause we started turning the work away because um, without me out at the shop, we couldn't do anymore. Um, and so they finally, you know, me and Pastor Aaron talked about it. We're like, look, if this might be the way we want to look in the future. Um, and then they just kind of dropped the job on us that I was like, you know, I am interested in looking mm-hmm. at this. And, and so we, it wasn't just the job. It was the fact that the, for two years we had poured into other leaders in our church and I had multiple worship leaders. I had other people doing uh, what needed done on Sunday. And the reality of it is I don't have to be here on Sunday for things to run. And so God has blessed us in that way. And so knowing that I could take a step back to help the church financially, wow. we, I, I dove into this job. And then the cool thing about it is that job has now morphed in to a job that me and Pastor Aaron subcontract from my dad. And so about a week, a month, we work together. Oh, and, great. and the funds go right back to the church. And so so technically, I'm back full time, um, but yet we're still working to, to make up what a sponsor, what we might lose in the future. And so, yeah, God's worked some pretty cool ways in that, but yeah. Man, that is so resourceful. I love that because it says, <clears throat> it says to me, Joe, that you guys care so much about the church and the, the mission of the church that you're willing to sacrifice yourself in order to do that. We've got some other friends in northern Nevada that uh, the pastor and worship leader worked together doing uh, radon remediation. So they were yeah. under houses together, you know, trying to, yeah. you know, solve these problems for homeowners. But the reason was so that they wouldn't, ha- you know, they could have more money for missions and more money for reaching out to the community and benevolence and all those kinds of things within the church. So... I really appreciate. It. I want to. I want to dive into that a little bit because I've seen your services. I've been in your church. I've also watched when you guys were doing these online only, and the quality that you guys do in your service is really top notch. <clears throat> and so, how is it that uh, on a really part time basis, how are you able to achieve such a strong, uh, strong quality of service? Because I think a lot of people would say, "Ah, that's the best we can do." But you're just always striving for better and better. What are some things that you guys have been able to do to make it so so well done? Well, I think it goes back to, to what I said before and um, realizing you can't do it all yourself. And so me and Pastor Aaron are not tech wizards by any stretch of the imagination. I know how to run a computer, and as soon as it doesn't work, I'm ready to punch it. You know, like I can't stand <laughs> that kind of stuff. So we, 
we know that's our limitation. I think that's, that's very beneficial to recognize that we're just not good at certain things. And so we surround ourselves with people that are. And so fortunately for us, we got a guy that came in, him and his wife um, are now members of the church. He sings, he does all the tech stuff and, and we've let him run his lane. And so we're very um, kind of our, our leadership style is it doesn't have to be our way. It doesn't have to be run through us all the time. Like we, we set the, the goal, we set kind of where we're going and then we trust in the people that we put in those positions to do it. And, and, it, and the guy's name is Thomas. And he told us before that he feels like a fat kid in a candy store, you know, because <laughs> he's been a part of churches that want to do all this stuff, yet they hold him down to where he can't actually do it or they want it, but they're not going to invest any money or whatever it may be. Yeah. And so for us, it's like we had a goal and we wanted to do something. We can't do it. This guy can, let's let him do it, you know, and that's, and that's really, so he trains his own people. He, you know, he's already got people that can run everything when he's not here. We had a trial run a couple of weeks ago and it worked well. So again, it's just knowing that we cannot do it ourselves. And, and honestly, really looking long-term. And I think a lot of church plants struggle with this. Me and Pastor Aaron, we're called to be pastors, regardless if we get paid. That doesn't change, you know, God's call in our life. And we want our church to matter. We want, we want to do something in our city. And so we can't do it alone. And so we have to get other people involved. And if something happens to us and the church collapses, that doesn't look good on our leadership. You know, like the church should be able to go on without us. And so, so yeah, I'd say that's just the biggest things. We recognize that. We recognize we can't do it all. And God's blessed us with people around us. And so we've poured into them and then let them run in their lane. That There's just so much humility in that, man. I love that so much that you're willing to say, I can't do it all. But you're also not willing to say something has to drop. Right. You know, it's like that's quite a great combination. And so over and over again, you keep talking about the people that you guys invest in and all that. And so um, would you say that you look for the gifting in people and then unleash them into that ministry? Or would you say more often people come to you? with the gifting and you, you, you know, uh, ask them to serve or allow them to serve? I would say the second one, more often people come to us and then share their gifting with us. And then we let them run with it. Um, not that we, I mean, we've got, you know, a way to introduce people in and all that to make sure things go seamless, but we, we don't chase people down in that. Um, we, we feel like, I feel like a lot of it comes from just leadership. We've got to be good leaders. And I've always said a leader is only a leader if he has followers. And so it's not a position. It's not any of that. A leader is when you have followers. So that means yeah. you're a leader, even if you don't want to be, and yeah. people are following you. And so for us, it's me and Aaron, we're just going to do it. Like set up and tear down. We, we, it was me and him at 630 in the morning at the storage. <laughs> you People showed up. And then when people saw that they were only doing part of it, then they're like, I'll get there at the storage unit with you. I'll yeah. do that. Stuff. You know? So, so for us, it's trying to lead by example. And, and we're talking to people all the time, like, man, I, I want to do this one day. I'd love to have a cool live stream, blah, blah, blah. And then those people come to us and say, hey, we love what you guys are doing, and we can actually make that happen. And then we go from there. And so I think for us, that's how we approach it. I love the secret of this whole thing is to utilize the people in their natural gifting, unleash them into the things God's already made them to do. I love it so much, man. And uh, we actually are have a video series on that. That is uh, seven roles of uh, worship leaders. That um, you, you know, you guys listening can jump into that. You can uh, get it at our website, worshipcatalyst.com. But 
Um, so you've got the the whole the fact that I don't you just said I don't have to be there on Sundays is such a foreign <laughs> reality for most you know pastors or worship leaders because it's like oh my gosh if I have to miss a week I have to spend more time prepping all the people but you're just like hey this just flows without me because you're using or because you're um because people are using their own gifts like they're being unleashed into their gifting and so uh, let me ask you um how do you how do you try to pour into these leaders who help the church be so successful um yeah training's huge for us a constant training uh, i think it you know, if we think back in our church uh, experience and stuff, a lot of times people are thrown into a role 30 years later, they're wondering why they're not getting any better, you know, and, and even us, we had a, we had a pipeline or whatever that we went through. And as we reevaluated, it's like, this is really like an initial training that then if you never move up from there, you don't get any more. And so we've tried to change that to a more constant training and we're still working on that. We still don't do as much as we want, but just helping people improve constantly. And so we, we just provide resources, um, you know, try to be in contact with our teams all the time. And, you know, and they kind of go back to what drives us in that we don't have hard, fast, we do this, 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 it's, but what drives our motivation to do that is if, if we think back about, you know, Joshua, you know, he, he's leading the Israelites They do all these, God takes them to the promised land. Mm-hmm. What blows my mind about that story is after Joshua dies, it says there's a generation that grew up that didn't even know the Lord. Yeah. Shocking. How, how does that happen? Yeah. You know, it, it happens because it's not being passed on somehow, you know? And so when I said that it, I don't have to be at service, you know, I don't have to be at church for it to happen. Pastor Aaron doesn't have to be here to happen. That that's intentional because if, if it ends with us, then it could be a church that dies. You know what I mean? And so, so that's really our motivation is to, we've got to pour into people. And one of the ways we do that is try to be in constant conversation and try to offer training, you know, that isn't like, Hey, do this so you can move up. No, here's just training where you are. And if you want to move up, you can do that too. You know? Um, so that, that's really where our motivation. And so what you found in that, it sounds like is that the fact that you're pouring into them in the area that they're already fired up about at their life or gifted, then yep. that is, like that's more to them than a, a gift card or a pat on the back or whatever. It's like, yeah, it's like, Hey, we just want to help you do better at what God's already made you to do. Right. Well, and that's and like, even with, uh, with Thomas, with the, with kind of the live stream and the tech side, you know, having those conversations where we ask him, what's your dream? What yeah. do you see our church? Cause this is his church just as much as it is ours. Yeah, that's amazing. And I think that's very different than us approaching. Hey, Thomas, we want to do this now. We want to do that. But honestly, asking him, what do you want to do? And a lot of times what he says is way better than what we had in mind anyway. And he actually knows how to accomplish it. So, um, yeah. I think there's a few phrases that stand out when you talk to somebody. But you just said, Joe, this is his church as much as it is ours. Boy, we got to let that sink in, man. That was powerful because I think the tendency a lot of time for us pastors and worship pastors and other staff members is like this is our church, and we want people to come serve our mission. Right. Right. When the reality is, like maybe the pastor's job is to actually unleash people into their own gifting, and that is the church, right? Right. So when well, that's what Paul talks about with the us, the many members of the body. I think I unfortunately grew up in church when I was younger, where the pastor didn't think he was a part of that group. Mm. You know what I mean? And like he was above it. And the reality is, we're not you know, one of those parts is a pastor, just like anything else. And so 
And that's helped us huge. Not that, I mean, we have a responsibility to lead and we do that, but other people have a responsibility to do their part or whatever we do just fails. Yeah, for sure. Well, uh, let me ask one more question about this, um, this particular thing before we kind of start to close, but, um, in all of these different plates that you spin, are, are there times that you start to feel overwhelmed? And <laughs> I mean, just like listening to you makes me feel a little bit overwhelmed, I think. But uh, if that's the case sometimes, then what do you do to, to counteract that? Well, it is the case. I mean, uh, you know, I'd be lying if I said I didn't get overwhelmed a lot, especially because everything happens at once, you know, like it, whether it's stuff with the adoption and it's got my wife stressed out at the same time that we're trying to tackle a project to church at the same time that we're swamped at the shop, you know, it never, they never even themselves out. It's feast or famine all the time. Um, but again, I just keep going back to having others help you and, and actually leaning on them. Mm-hmm. And so I've got, you know, people in church that I'm just honest with like, Hey, I can't do this this week. I need you to do it, yeah. you know, and they're already trained to do it. So they do. And so that whether that's, scheduling the month for the praise team, whether that's creating chord charts, whatever it may, you know, whatever it may be, there's other people that can do it and just swallowing my pride and saying, yeah, I'm just a little too busy this week and uh, I need, I need help in that. And, and they're more than eager to do that, you know? So I just can't, yeah, if I hold it all in, it's, it's just not going to happen. So, you know, I think that's great because I think a lot of times pastors and worship leaders, we try to, we think that we're supposed to be Superman, right? We don't have any weaknesses. Like there's, you know, nothing except kryptonite or that, yeah, kryptonite would be the one thing, you know, but we're supposed to be perfect and we're supposed to be, but I love that you and Aaron both are just like, um, hey, we have a limit, you know, we have, you know, and, and since it's not just me, but it's like all of us together serving, then we actually can uh, be honest and we can be a family. And I just, I love that, that, that way that you guys do that. So I just want to ask you a couple more things. And the first one is, how do you keep your walk with Jesus fresh? Uh, just, I like, I love asking everybody this because I think we can learn from each other. Yeah. Well, I think a, um, yeah, just reading scripture, praying, all those things are just, uh, they're key. And then for me, I get a lot of that through songs as well. And so just, just taking a little bit of time where it's not, I'm listening to a song, whether or not I'm going to play it in church or I'm, I'm not prepping for a podcast that we're doing or whatever. It's just, just me and the Lord, you know? And so those things, those things are huge. And then again, I'm a very relational person. So carving out a little bit of time to talk to somebody else who's gone through the same thing is just super refreshing for me. Now other people, I know that wears them out, but for me <laughs> sitting and talking is, is just awesome, you know, and kind of hearing from them. And um, yeah, that's just, for me, that's, I need those things. You take those away. It's hard. That's awesome because it's like, I think, you know, we're looking for a silver bullet. No, we still just need to pray and we still need to study our Bibles and connect with Jesus, you know, in those ways. That's good. Listen to worship songs and all that. So, all right. One last question. If you were going to talk to um, a young worship leader just getting started or one that's considering it, what what would be just a word of advice that you would give? I would tell them to serve well. And what I mean by that is, we too often we hear some of these young guys that you know a very good intention that they want to get into ministry they want to do that but in every one of those conversations it always comes up if they can do it full time and mm-hmm. and i and i've challenged them in that like if god has called you to do it you do it 
you know, I had a pastor once said, when God tells you to do something, you say, yes, sir. You know, you don't, oh, don't yeah, create good. conditions to that. And so, and I say serve well, and I, and I mean it because I had to learn hard from my own experience as a young worship leader when I first started out that it's not about me. It's not about the songs I like. It's not about the style I like. It's about the people right. that's called me to serve. And if I serve well, then I can adapt to those situations. I can do it without pay. I can do it when it's difficult. I can, you know, do what they need because I've been called to serve. I've not been, yeah. I think I'm the worship leader. I lead, you're leading <laughs> with followers. So you're serving them to get them to come along with you. You know, it's, you're not a dictator. And so I think we just, we, we got it. You're there to serve. God has called you to serve that group and whatever church that is, that's the people he's called you to serve at that moment. You know, don't be wishing for a different congregation. That's who he has right now. You serve them well. So. Yeah, that's good, man. I can't remember if it was Jim Collins or Patrick Lencioni, but I remember uh, I remember hearing one of those guys speak one time, and they said that um, th- their opening statement to their speech was, I am sick and tired of servant leadership. And so everybody's like, you know, and then he goes. And the reason is because there really is no other kind of leadership. Like, that's a dumb phrase (laughs) because you can't lead unless you serve the people. And I hear that just like oozing off of you, Joe, and I always have. And I really appreciate uh, the fact that you give so much of yourself to the people around you. And, you know, you could just right off into the sunset right now and your church would thrive and the city would thrive. And I just really appreciate all that you do, man. And, and, and for being a part of our team and for being here for this podcast today, uh, just, I appreciate your time. And thank you all for joining this episode of uh, worship leader essentials podcast. We're here to help you learn how to do more with less. And hopefully this content has been super helpful to you and engaging. And, uh, that's our prayer anyway. And if it has subscribe, uh, to this podcast, and we'll be bringing you way more information, helpful information each week. Each week. Uh, and it's not always interviews, it's not always just talking to people, but we've got a lot of things that we want to help you with as you are leading people uh, to do more with less. And so love you guys, and uh, until next time, blessings.